Hi, everybody. My name is sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and I'm the host of the Sports Psychology AR radio show every Sunday morning from 7 to 8 a.m. in Kansas City. It's on Sports Radio 810 WHB. I want to welcome you to our live stream event. You know, over the past few years, in addition to my show, I've launched the Sports Psychology Hour as a podcast and now via live stream. And if you want to listen to, I've got dozens and dozens of, of episodes, podcast episodes on my website. It's winnersunlimited.com. Just click on winnersunlimited.com, click on the podcast tab, and you can listen to episodes of the show. And now we're doing a new series of conversations focusing on coaches and athletes. And today I'm, I'm excited to be talking with Scott Spezio, former Major League Superstar, who was lucky enough to be involved in two World Series victories. I say lucky enough, he participated. He was a big reason that one of the Angels won when they won. But he's also had issues with addiction and, and all kinds of problems, but he's pulled himself out of it. And he's going to tell a story today. So, Scott, thanks for joining us today. I really appreciate you being here. You got it. It's great being here. Thanks for letting me share. You know, I've, I've watched your career from afar, and then I've, I've read up on all the issues you've had. You know, you've been at the top and you've been at the bottom. What happened? What what happened from going from there to there? And, and now, more importantly, how you pu you pulled yourself out of it and what you're doing now? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, how I got there is uh, my dad um, was a nine-year major leaguer. He won two World Series with the Cardinals, nine, uh, 1964 and 67. They lost the game seven to Detroit in 68. Um, he ended up going to the Padres and then to the, uh, was with the Cardinals, went to the Padres and the White Sox. And then at a young age, he retired and, uh, he was only about 30 or when he retired and I was born the same year in 1972. And so he just, uh, we just practiced all the time. Um, he taught me the mental game, uh, you know, really taught me how to not get too high and too low, try to stay consistent, um, stay positive and, and, uh, and, and the, the power of the subconscious mind and visualization. So at a young age, I, I had an advantage over a lot of other kids. I had an at-home dad who was, you know, knew the importance of the mental game. And um, we just practiced all the time. Of course, I, I made it. Um, and, and part of the reason I was able to stay for 12 years was because, you know, my mental game was so tough. Um but then, yeah, in, in uh, 2004, I was with Seattle, and uh, I ended up uh, – it was a freak play. Uh, I went uh, to try to get a fly uh, pop-up over the mound in uh, spring training with Seattle, and uh, I, I hit the mound and blew out my T6 and T7 disc in my back, which is more like a uh, race car injury, <laughs> like, a, you know, a car wreck injury. And uh, they were telling me I might not play again. Um, I, I might not walk again if I tried to play. And so I, it was like the first time in my career I faced huge adversity, like, po you know, possibly career-ending stuff. And uh, so it was, it was tough. I ended up, you know, I'm with a new team. I didn't have those that good uh, surrounded group of friends around me yet because I just got to the, to the Mariners. Um, you know, I had a bunch of guys that really, uh, you know, David Eckstein, uh, Tim Salmon, uh, Garrett Anderson, uh, Orlando Palmero, Benji Molina with the Angels. Those guys always kind of we kept each other accountable. And then I went to Seattle and and uh, 
I kind of just lost, I lost that type of, uh, you know, true friendship. And so um, now I wasn't playing and I was feeling sorry for myself and I started to go out. Uh, I remember being on the road and I started going out trying to make friends with, with some of the guys on the team and uh, started drinking um, for the first time. Uh, I, you know, I had drank here and there, but I really didn't like it. And I, I, I wasn't a big guy that went out because I was so focused on, on my job and all of a sudden I wasn't playing and I started going out and, um, you know, and then one thing led to another. I was like, I started liking it and then I started making bad decisions and, um, and then I ended up, you know, uh, having an affair and getting divorced and, um, you know, it was, it was an awful time. Um, and my, you know, my parents were pretty, pretty strict and, and, you know, they were like, yeah, you know, you're making bad decisions. They kind of had to distance themselves from me. And, and then I started feeling game, uh, guilt and shame. And, um, I just started like uh, withdrawing from everybody and everybody that was, you know, that was really good friends with me kind of withdrew because they, they couldn't watch me self-destruct. And so, with that, then I, I drank more, you know, and eventually um, I got remarried and uh, and she, after a year and a half of being with her, introduced me to uh, cocaine and uh, and then eventually I, I got addicted to that, you know, and and uh, and then it was it was both. It was I would drink and, and use at the same time, kind of balancing effect. And um, it just got it got to, you know. I kept going. I, I finally went to the Cardinals and said, you know, I, I don't know what I'm dealing with here because nobody's ever had, nobody in my family ever dealt with addiction and um, nobody ever really knew um, dealt with it, you know, at that level. And so I went there and, and uh, you know, they put me in, in a rehab, but it was, it was just outside of St. Louis during the season in 2007. And, I, I really didn't get anything out of it because I just, I didn't know really what it meant. You know, I, I didn't want to tell anybody any, anything because I didn't want them to go to the press or anything. So I pretty much just sat there in, in rehab and, um, and just put in my time. And then after 28 days, I said, okay, I'm healed. Um, and then that, I think that same night I went, I went to the stadium. And uh, I was in the lineup, and I think I went one for three off of Zambrano <laughs> in the Cubs that night in Bush, and um, and then I thought, okay, I'm good now. And uh, you know, went for a while. I still thought I could drink, and I kept, you know, I drank, and um, and then eventually, you know, in that off season, I I I used again, and then um, and you know, it wasn't as much though. You know, I, I, I got a little better maybe. And, uh, and then I got into a wreck and, and, uh, and then eventually, um, the Cardinals released me. And so, um, after that, then I was like, uh, let's just have fun. The, you know, I'm getting paid and, uh, you know, I played 12 years. That's good enough. And, um, and it just kind of was, I call it a detour, <laughs> but it was, a, it was an off road adventure. And, uh, you know, I, I lost control and, and, uh, you know, I kept battling though, you know, I kept, I kept going to rehab over and over. And, uh, um, you know, I think, 
I, I, I was trying to count last night because I, I think I went, I think I went 11 times in 10 years to rehab. Um, there was one, another one that I went, I started to go to and pulled out. So you could say 12 in 10 years, but, um, so 11, 12 rehabs in 10 years. And, uh, and it just wasn't sticking. And I, you know, I just, you know, I guess I started getting, you know, I went through AA, I went through NA. Um, they did help, you know, I'd get, uh, periods of sobriety, um, you know, here and there. Um, you know, sometimes even up to a year, but I still wasn't dealing with the main issues. Um, you know, I still was, uh, I still wasn't forgiving myself for a lot of stuff. And, and then I excuse, started getting, excuse me, what, what were the main issues? What were the main issues you had? Well, that's, you know, I think, I think a lot of it was just, you know, the original, once I got hurt that I, I, I made the decisions that I made and then I had the tons of guilt and shame. And so, I just couldn't, I couldn't get over that. I would do that. And, you know, that I, you know, I wasn't there every day for my kids. And, and so I just, I just could, you know, and that, that I disappointed my family and, and uh, my community. And so I just used that, like that, that suffering to, to keep drinking and covering it up instead of going back and, you know, making apologies and, and starting fresh and, um, and eventually, you know, I, I just was, I was laying, laying here all the time on the couch, just drinking. I was drinking, you know, I eventually stopped the, the drugs, but, um, you know, I, I reached out to my parents. I, I put them in control of a, of, of a lot of stuff. I didn't drive. Um, you know, I, I started getting people around me that, you know, weren't bad actors, you know, I always say I had a lot of people, a lot of good people around me that were making bad decisions. <laughs> so I had to put, make, put a lot of good people around me that were making good decisions. Let, let me um, let me interrupt right there and ask a question because sure. having uh, been one of the first sports psychologists in baseball at the Royals back in 1990 and working with them again for four years uh, from 2008 to 2011, I've I've been with players. I've been in the I have my own locker in the locker room. I see saw the lifestyle. And yeah. how people would hang on to you because you're a ball player. And, right. you know, we traveled to different cities. We'd pull into the hotel, you know, oftentimes two or three in the morning after a night game. And, you know, there are always people waiting in the lobby for them. A lot of times it's women um, yeah. ready to take advantage of them. I saw this going on all the time. Did, did yeah. you, you fall in? Do you think you fell into that, into that problem? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's, that's what happened when I got injured is, is, uh, you know, I, I ended up falling into that. You know, I, I was, you know, I knew that there was a lot of temptation around every time you walked into a hotel room and I had a band and, uh, I would bring guitars on the road and write songs so that I purposely wouldn't stay out and go out and hang out at the hotel bar. And, and, and the other reason I didn't want to do it is because I didn't want to stay up late and, you know, um, affect my play. And then when I got hurt, that's when I ended up kind of succumbing to that, that lifestyle. And it, and it, it's, you know, it's a tough thing. You know, you got all these people that, that are loving you and you got all these, you know, beautiful women that, that want to be with you. And, and, uh, you and know, you're young, you're, and you're a young man in your twenties. 
right that's thrown right. on you out of out of basically out of nowhere and it's like wow i'm gonna i'm yeah. gonna have fun with this so here you right. are hurt you're not playing for the first time and up to this point you you never had these issues you know after yeah. that injury then you you fell into this this trap that goes on and yeah. you lost you lost basically everything you lost your your wife you lost your kids you lost your friends you you, you know, but, but what was it, Scott, that allowed you to, to pull out of this? Because like you said, you went to rehab a bunch of times. It didn't work. Um, maybe it worked a little bit here and there. There are messages that you got from that. But but what finally was was the message that you said to yourself that allowed you to pull out of this this rut? Yeah. You know, for me, um, I'm a Christian and and I think church was, was the biggest thing for me. I, I I kept, uh, I kept basically, I remember I, I was in the hospital and I was yellow. So I was jaundiced and, uh, you know, I was, uh, they were telling me I might have a 20% chance to live. And, uh, and you know, they're like, you know, we might need a liver transplant. We're probably going to need a liver transplant, but you got to be sober for six months before they would do it. And I'm thinking, man, how am I going to get sober for six months, you know? And I, I just started praying, you know, God take away these cravings from me. And uh, from that day on, that was uh, April 6, 2018. I, I haven't craved anything at all. And uh, and so I I, I just kind of gave it over to him. And and uh, and then what I call, I started picking up sticks. I just started going out in my property here and literally getting off the couch every day and picking up little sticks and put them in a pile. And then, you know, first day I had a a handful next day, I had an armful next day. I had a wheelbarrow full. And then before you know it, I I got a pile, a burn pile and, and I'm trimming trees and, you know, it started small little things like that, you know? Um, And then eventually I just, I started making, making connections with old true friends and they started helping me, you know, I had uh, uh, Tanya uh, Boyer, who was a, a huge help to me. Um, she just, I, for some reason, I, you know, God must have put it in her ear that uh, she she could help me. And she did. She was there for me. She, if people would show up at my place, she would chase them out, um, you know, and, and it kind of put a protective bubble around me. And, and then I, I just, my, my whole philosophy is I, I'm a bad driver. I'm going to let God steer. <laughs> and, uh, and since he's been doing that, I, you know, I, my life has been so much better. You're giving lots of talks now to, to young kids, right? And and what do you share with them? Do you, do you tell them how you fell, fell down, how you pulled yourself back up? And what do, what do you tell them? Because, you know, today uh, I, I work with so many athletes at all levels from youth sports up to the Olympic and professional level. And, and one of the things, Scott, I tell all the pro athletes that I work with is get off of social media during the season. Yeah. Don't mess with all that. Because, you know, yeah. when you're doing great, everybody thinks you're the greatest thing that walks the face of the earth. And when you're screwing up, you're you're yep. a piece of dirt. And so yeah. and, and I go, those people don't know you. They don't know who you are. They don't know what you're about. So stay off of there. And most of the most of the people I I, I work with that have done that have, have said, in fact, they thanked me for that. They said, Yeah, I I surround myself with the people that matter to me. I, I have a, a graph in my office. I use with my clients and it's four concentric circles. And in the middle, I ask people to write down the names of the most important people in their life. The next circle are important people, not the most important people. The third circle are people they have to deal with. 
and the fourth circle are people that, that they don't care for, don't like. And what I what I, I try to explain to everybody, the people in the middle two circles are the ones that care. They care about you, who you are as a person, yeah. not what you are. And so it sounds like maybe maybe Tanya's in that middle circle, your parents, uh, yeah. your, your your kids are coming have come back to you. So that what has that done for you? What is that what has that said to you about you and and you, and your relationships? Yeah, I mean that that's a great point. Uh, you know, I started I was a kind of a people pleaser and I I would, you know, people would show up here thinking it's after hours at my place, you know, and I wouldn't chase people out, you know, and and uh I my my circle got a lot smaller and I you know, I went back to the people that probably knew me before um, I was a baseball player and I went to them and, and just kind of, I reignited those, those old relationships, those, those true, you know, true friend relationships. And, uh, and I gained the trust of my parents and my kids again, and just started building those relationships over and over, you know? Um, yeah, I, I like your point about, uh, social media. I always say, man, I'm so glad I didn't play when there was social media because it, it it's a huge distraction um even the press i wouldn't read articles about myself because either way you're either going to inflate your ego or you're going to be depressed and mad about something so um i just always tried to just focus on on the day at hand i did a lot of visualization and things like that um but to your first question like what what do i tell kids um you know, I, I just basically tell them the truth. I, I tell them exactly what I, I told you here. Um, you know, I tell them the dangers of, of drugs and alcohol. Um, I was a guy that I didn't like taking aspirin. Um, I didn't like taking Tylenol. Um, I was the dare guy around my area here. Um, I remember going when I was probably a freshman in high school to talk to my old grade school about staying away from drugs and alcohol. And I continued doing that through college and the minor leagues and major leagues um, all the way through the Angels. I remember being in right field, taking pictures with drug dogs and and uh, the dare car and, and little cards being made of me um, with that on it. And uh, and, you know, and then for for me to to actually, you know, after a few years after that, to end up trying a drug, you know, I didn't try a drug or see a drug. Uh, until I was 33 and a half years old, which is crazy. You know, most people <laughs> see it much earlier. Um, but I always say if, if somebody like me who is so anti-drug uh, can end up being addicted, you can see how powerful it, does, it is and and, uh, and and how dangerous it is. And it can happen to anybody. I've You know, through my rehabs, I've seen kids, you know, that are 16 years old to adults that are in their, you know, upper seventies, um, that, that are addicted. Maybe they were a doctor or a pharmacist, you know, um, a lawyer, um, all walks of life. It can happen to anybody. And I, what I tell them is, you know, it's, it's always dangerous because it'll, it will ruin your life. It'll take everything from you, but especially now with fentanyl, it's, it's, uh, it's extremely urgent that we get the message out because even if a kid is trying, you know, trying a, a Xanax, what he thinks is a Xanax from a friend to settle down or a pain pill, you know, um, or, or an Adderall, um, kids are dying like crazy. Um, adults are dying like crazy from this fentanyl. 
it's it's scary stuff you know um and then even a lot of the prescription stuff um you know Adderall's a huge one with teens right now teens and young adults they're 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 getting prescribed it you know baseball players i i got prescribed it to help me try to get off of uh cocaine um and and alcohol in in 2007 and uh then i started abusing it and i think a lot of a lot of kids start doing that a lot of a lot of baseball players i know for sure do it um to to try to um they use it to stay focused and then all of a sudden they're using it to stay up longer and and you know and recover from long nights and you know just like anything you can abuse it so that's what i tell them i always tell them too that they're made with the perfect purpose and um you know that that uh you know um i always talk about work ethic and setting goals and you know setting your goals high and believing that you can achieve anything you know and and, uh, don't let anybody tell you that you can't so i just i just kind of tell them about my background and that kind of stuff and the dangers out there and and the biggest thing is i say you know stay away from it but if you ever do get to the point where you know you're uh, you're into my situation or a situation like I was in. Um, n- never give up. You know I, I always tell them that there's as long as you got a breath, you got a pen to to write a great ending and uh, just to keep battling. So I, I try to give them hope too. As I'm listening to you talk, the word that pops in my mind that seemed to have affected your lot was temptation. Yeah, temptation to do things that you'd never done before. I mean, yeah. What I'm hearing from you is, you know, you grew up in a solid family. You became very successful in baseball. You accomplished your goals. And then you got to a point where all of a sudden with this injury, you, 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 it sounds like maybe you were a little bit lost. And then, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that, that allowed, allowed you to sort of fall into that rut. Do you, do you think that had part of, part, part of what resulted in, in the, in the fall you felt that you had? Oh, I, I think so. You know, I, yeah, I told you I had a band and, and uh, I I would write songs and I remember, you know, songs, I would write a ton of songs about temptation and, you know, seeing guys around me fall to it. And it, it, it's kind of eerie, like looking back at some of those, you know, lyrics, um, it, it just, it's, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> it's like, almost like I, I'd write songs about good and evil, like the battle and, uh, and you know it's it's just crazy that eventually I did fall to it. But yeah, you, you see all these guys doing stuff around you, and 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 you know you're staying on the the uh, straight and narrow. And then it was like you know when I got injured, I, I felt like man, I, you know all these guys are having so much fun, and I never got to have fun, and you know I deserve it. And um, it was almost like okay, I can't, maybe I won't be able to play anymore, but I'm gonna at least go and have fun while I can. And it was what? just a, a horrible, you know, a horrible decision. <laughs> what, what's what's popping in my mind now is, as I'm listening to you, uh, you know, Michael Phelps has, has shared his story about alcohol and the issues he's had. Um, you know, he, here's the greatest swimmer of all time who all he did was swim. I mean, every yeah. whole life was swimming. And I'm, I'm what's popping in my head and this is sort of the way I think I'm seeing a parallel here. Your baseball was your life, right? Yeah. All you did was baseball. Yeah. And that's exactly right. And you became obviously very successful at it, world champion twice. Um, 
He was an Olympic, you know, know, the greatest swimmer ever. I think 28 gold medals, I think is what he has. And yet the, 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 the part of your life that's missing there is just being a normal person. Yeah. In the sense right. of when I mean normal person, not being, you know, the celebrity, but just fitting with everybody else. And then here you are, all of a sudden you fell into this, this fall with, with the, 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 literally a fall that turned yeah. into a drug addiction and then everything else. It's like, like you mentioned, I want to go have fun because to be at the level. And, and I know having worked with, you know, Kansas City Royals, great players who I'm still good friends with to this day. Um, you've got to be committed to your craft. You've got to spend hours and hours. That if great, great ball play. You know, people think, oh, they show up the baseball play, the baseball stadium to go play. Well, good players show up at twelve one o'clock for a seven o'clock yeah. game, right? And you train all day long. You're working your butt off. You know, the road trips are hard. You leave after a game. You go. You you'll finish a game at ten. You know, get cleaned up, get on the bus. You're at the airport about midnight. You get into the opposing city about three in the morning, depending how far you're going, right? And then you got to get up and do it again. And, yeah. there, and like we said, there's the temptation when you get to these hotels with women and, and and groupies and things like that. But if you're really committed, which you were, you didn't get into that. And then right. all of a sudden now it's like, oh, well, well, now maybe I could do some of this stuff. So I think yeah. balance is one of the big words that I talk to people about, about trying to have that balance in your life. You know, I, I tell a lot of athletes, you know, take some time to get away from the sport for a while. Just be, you know, spend some time with your family, with some friends, don't doing the things you shouldn't be doing, but don't be so obsessed with your training all the time that that's all, that's the only way you focus on who you are. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that's, I, I actually do talk about that. I, I, you know, especially like in, I, I in my Christian uh, walk, um, I talk about that. My identity was a baseball player, you know, um, not a Christian uh, baseball was my God and that's all that I focused on, you know, everything else was second. And like you said, you, in order to excel at that level, you do have to be focused, but I did not have any balance. I, you know, I, I didn't take trips. I didn't want to travel in the off season. Um, I pretty much, uh, would take, you know, a couple weeks off and then I'd start on my training regimen. You know, it was, it was, uh, you know, conditioning, you know, for an hour and then, you know, or, or more, maybe an hour and a half, and then uh, you know, hitting, and then uh, fielding, and and then more hitting, and then lifting, and then and then uh, then I, I might run out and play golf every once in a while. Um, but that was about it, you know. And then the the only other thing I did was was band stuff, you know. Um, but I never really did. So that was your so that was your escape. The band was your escape at times. Yeah. It was a little bit of an escape. It was, you know, like I said, you know, on the road, it was almost for a long time. It was kind of like my hedge of protection because I just say, Hey, I got to write, I got to write a few songs and stuff. And, and the, the whole way the band came up was kind of just, uh, you know, just kind of a story. We just, I took four of my high school friends that never really played an instrument. And we just said we were a band and, and I went and bought a guitar and then, then I started writing and then, uh, bandmates kind of changed over time um and then it started becoming something very serious and uh and it was it was an escape for me but i i it wasn't a, the best escape because i'd be going to concerts you know all the time i started becoming friends with all these major bands hanging backstage and 
um, even though I wasn't, you know, using uh, drugs at that time, um, I was I was drinking here and there, you know, with them. And so I was seeing that kind of lifestyle. So I was I was seeing the the pro athlete lifestyle and I was seeing the rock star lifestyle. And so, yeah, there was a lot of <laughs> there was a lot of temptation all around on both ends. And, uh, you know, it, it was it was tough to deal with. But, yeah, I, I definitely did not have balance in my life. And, and uh, you know, there was there was times where, you know, it, there was a lot of times where I was, you know, as a Christian, I was, you know, having Bible studies and, and reading the Bible and things like that. But um, after the the World Series in 2002, um, you know, I had I had 19 RBIs. I had the big game three home run. Um, and I'm here in L.A., you know, um, with, you know, with all these people wanting to interview me and me to do certain things. And and I started getting away from reading the Bible and stuff. And, I, you know, I think I, I always say I got I started getting a little bit of an ego and I, I call that edging God out. <laughs> and so that's what I did, you know, and, and all of a sudden I kind of started falling. Um, it didn't happen like right away, but I started at that point sliding a little bit. And then I think that's what opened me up when I got hurt um, to, to, to fall in even further. One of the things that, that obviously as a, as a psychologist, I work with people on all kinds of different issues and in sports psychologists, I work with athletes on their, their performance, but also as we talked earlier about having balance in their lives, I mean, their sport their sport can't be everything all the time. There's got to be some balance and other, other ways to escape because otherwise eventually you can burn out and, 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 you know, in your situation, you got injured and, and then it's like, now what am I going to do with myself? So there's got to be that, that balance in there, having a good group of people surrounding you as we, as we wrap things up the interview today, what would you say to young people who, who are really into their sports and true? It doesn't matter what the sport is. Yeah. They have, they have goals. They want to get somewhere with it. What would you suggest to them in terms about having balance in their life? What would you suggest? And so they don't fall into the, 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 the fall that you had to keep them. Yeah. From that. yeah I, I would just reiterate what, you know, what we were just basically saying, just, you know, it's, it's great to have something that, that you love and that you want to succeed at. And you do need to work hard. Um, but, but take time for the people that you love around you. That's the most important thing. Um, you know, baseball and sports, they don't last forever. Um, you know, the average baseball player, I think, plays about three years in the big leagues. Uh, and probably, you know, the majority of the 20,000 that ever played uh, probably played less than a year. And uh, so it, it's it's you want to make sure that you're a well-rounded person, um, that that you're you're taking time um, and spending time with people that truly care about you. And that want want the best for you uh, on and off the field, and and so just uh, just stay stay in that mindset, and you'll be you'll be good. So Scott, listen, I can't thank you enough for doing this us, us today, tonight. It's it's been great having you on. If people want to get a hold of you, they want to reach you. How can they find you? Um, they can find me at Spezio Baseball on Facebook. If they message me, um, I'll get back to them. Um, or uh, Scott Spezio Seven at gmail.com is another way they can, they can reach out to me. Um, well, yeah. I think you've got, uh, uh, sorry. I just think you've got a great message to share with people and, and you're helping lots of people with what you're telling them about what happened to you. And I want to congratulate you on pulling yourself out of that rut and uh, getting things right. going in the right direction. So 
best of luck to you. And I really, really, really appreciate you coming on with us today. Thanks a lot, Doc. It's been it's been an awesome time sharing with you, and and uh, hopefully, you know, we can touch some people and help them uh, maybe get out of their hole or avoid it. Well, that's why that's why I do this show is to help people find the ways to improve themselves. Listen, if, if you've enjoyed this conversation, visit my website, which is winnersunlimited.com. You can click on the podcast tab to listen to the episodes like this and many others. That's winnersunlimited.com. Thanks a lot for listening today.